walked in here, my thoughts were like, Elohi, Elohi, lama sabachthani. Why? Because of the smell. Oh, gosh. That we're now all stuck in. This is why you turn the fan on. This is such a classic you mistake, too. This is why you turn the fan on, dude, when you cook. It's not just for mistakes. It's for just a regular (laughs) thing, too. But you happen to have made a mistake. Tell everyone what the mistake you made was. I burnt eggs. (laughs) And now the house smells like burnt eggs, which is also a sulfuric smell, which is really pungent and terrible. It smells like farts. Eggs in general are like a really aromatic food. You can smell them in any state that they're in. That's why yeah. that's why rotten eggs is like the smell that they artificially put in gas lines. So when there's a leak, people smell it like right away. I screwed up. It's okay. I, I forgive you. And the listeners forgive you because they can't, they can't smell it right now. You want me to light a candle? I can light a candle. I'd actually be down for a candle. You have a couple over there, but they're religious. Yeah, they're uh, exercise and bless candles. But are they scented? Um, Will there be sage? There's a bit of a scent, but it's kind of, it's going to smell like a church. I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Let me, let me give me a sec. Give me a sec. Welcome to the Forest Creek Podcast. Today we're talking about Mark Wahlberg's 40-day challenge. In other words, Lent. Yeah, we're talking about Lent. It's the Lent cast. Maybe we'll do these once a year. Depends on how they're received. This is a secular podcast. I'm going to tell you that up front. This has always been a secular podcast. It's a secular <laughs> pursuit. But I like to dive into spiritual topics every once in a while. And, you know, at a, in the higher realm of philosophy, the spiritual and the secular secular are not, not different. They're not separate. Yeah, yeah I we, think that's true. Our last big spiritual topic was we spoke with Father AP, who actually has a, a whole guide program for Lent. Um, and it's Orthodox Lent. We'll probably put that link in the description or something. Maybe with a link to our previous episodes with him. Well, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's Lent. It is Lent. What is Lent? A season celebrated or followed by Christians. And it is an imitation of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert prior to starting his ministry. And so he went into the desert, as the gospel says, he spent 40 days fasting, fasting, fasting. And this wasn't like fasting, like intermittent fasting. It wasn't fasting, like being a vegan. It was nothing. Yeah. 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 And so, which is that even humanly possible? Not, not for, not speaking for Jesus, but like for either of us, if we just started the clock right now, we probably wouldn't live. Probably not. Probably not. But the spiritual significance of fasting is not just noted in that gospel passage, but it's actually throughout the entire Old Testament. You see figures in the Bible, um, whenever they're in a state of fasting is actually when they have an encounter with the divine. And so being in a state of fasting is almost, to some degree, uh, at least scripture seems to suggest one of the prerequisites or one of the ways in which man becomes more sensitive to spirits. Um, because obviously you're denying the flesh, so it's less world, less body, and consequently, more spirit. I mean, if I was to put my internet head on, I would be like, yeah, when you deprive yourself of food, you'll be more prone to hallucinations. (laughs) Well, I think there's a certain phase of fasting where that actually is, that legitimately starts to take place, for sure. Yeah. I have a, I, I knew a guy, he fasted for a week literally did not eat anything for a whole week (laughs) he said the first day was tough he had like a really bad migraine yeah second day kind of similar but not as bad and the third day he's like he had the most amazing focus that he's ever had in his entire life like he got so much work done because his brain is like engaged to find food (laughs) well no he like he because i think he started he accessed his fat stores so yeah, now he's like in a kind of I guess a ketosis yeah. or whatever. And so his head is like he was just so laser focused, got so much work done, and you just like you literally feel like you're in this like enlightened state. Yeah, when you 
go on any kind of fast or any very restrictive diet for the first few days, you'll probably encounter a very, very strong migraine or headache. And that's part of your withdrawal from yeah. like sugars. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you'll probably go low and potentially even high. Um, you have about, it depends on the person, but anywhere from 1500 calories worth of glucose stored in your body. So a good portion of that is in your liver and then the rest of it's distributed throughout your muscles. And so when you're fasting, your body's going to burn all of that. And so you're probably going to start to feel weak, like physically weak, because yeah. those sugars are being burned from your muscles. And then eventually they're going to, it's going to take from your liver. And once those are through, it's going to start to eat the fat. Funny enough, um, the practice of Lent itself, we, like it was never written anywhere the way that communion is where Jesus instructs the disciples or anybody around him to do this specifically. And it wasn't even the disciples themselves that ended up instructing it. As a formal practice, it only really started to arise a few hundred years afterwards. Um, really? Yeah, it was a okay. early pra- practice by the early Christians. It wasn't formally done. I know that, like for example, like fasting as a religious practice, that's not even just a Christian thing. This is oh yeah, no, that's very widespread. Com- it's widespread because I I think that there's a universal um, experience that when you fast, it you kind of you discipline the flesh yeah which allows you to focus on the immaterial things more. Uh, there's so a great be... example of this uh the story of gotama buddha the first buddha or well i guess it would be siddhartha he's sitting in the jungle you know when he's on his path to buddhism he's just literally sitting there meditating day and night and even before that he went from like wide withdrawals of food because his thing is he started as a prince mm-hmm. maximum pleasure he was like, I want to experience the full spectrum of life. And he went the exact opposite way and did complete withdrawals. Right. And mm-hmm. it was only going all that way to the bottom and then starting to rise back up to the middle that he kind of found Buddhism, you know? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But fasting and spirituality is like very prevalent. Yeah. And so a key aspect, at least for Christian fasting, is that um, I spoke to a monk once and he talked about how there's the fasting of Christians and then there's the fasting of demons which many Christians will do which is basically they fast so they don't eat but then they also don't pray and so they say well demons don't eat either and they also don't pray so they say it's like you're it's called the fast of demons so it's if you're gonna fast it's equally and even more important to pray so if you're going in a state where you're going let's say 12 hours or more um, you know intentionally you're 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 giving up food as a sacrifice um there needs but then to be you ha- yeah exactly you have to supplement that with with prayer so where you would maybe normally be eating food instead of eating food you should maybe be praying it's almost like a different kind of food an element to your fasting needs to be spirituality you need to have some kind of spiritual practice whether it's meditation whether it is praying or like reading gospels or however you incorporate mm-hmm. it because without that you're solely focused on the physical yeah and that's kind of the root of a lot of people's like eating disorders. Um, I literally experienced that. I um, I was doing, I did intense fasting, not for any spiritual purposes, purely for like physical. Like it was all like just dieting and stuff. And yeah, because you're totally focused on the material, you're not really focused on trying to redirect your, I guess, attention to something higher um, or different. You're just like, I was just constantly thinking about food, constantly thinking about you know the body diet and all this stuff and the mechanics of what's going on in my body and that basically just turned me into a hypochondriac really that's 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 and then you end up almost developing a sort of fear of food well to be fair you were kind of neurotic before and after yeah so yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna argue with that there's a japanese philosopher swordsman samurai that jared and i reference all the time miyamoto musashi uh, author of the Book of Five Rings and subject of the graphic novel series Vagabond. He... An amazing, amazing work. Incredible. Uh, we do have a podcast planned about it, but he did write this other rule set at one point that didn't get formally published. It was called The Way of Walking Alone or The Way of Self-Reliance, where he wrote down the rules that people should follow if they were going to try to pick up his style. And one of them was never fast for physical appearance. Mm. Never fast for your body alone. Fasting is something that should be done for the mind. And in mm-hmm. his case, it was like accompanied with very intense focus towards martial arts practice. Mm-hmm. 
and like Zen study. Mm, I like that. So it's interesting that it's it is a thing of ancient wisdom that like you know if you're gonna fast, you also do need to incorporate that other yeah. focus, that other mental mindful practice in mm-hmm. some way or another, whether it is spiritual or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is part of what I want to talk about in the podcast today is that like Lent doesn't have to be just for the Christians. Well, I think uh, the Christians will celebrate a different kind of Lent because it yeah. has a very intentional, rooted, and actually it's obligatory, right? Oh, yeah. For, yeah. For, for Christians, or at least for oh, sorry. Catholics. I, I can't speak for... Oh, sorry. Um, it's definitely obligatory for, for Christians, and or particularly Catholics. Um, but in terms of the general season of basically going through a period of time where you give something up, I mean, you see this... Because, uh, again, I think this is not a wisdom which is... Um, esoteric it's so far from that it is i think metaphysically basic um and very accessible to human reason to basically observe that when i give things up you know and i increase in the virtues of like discipline i free up my mind to focus on what is more important because so much of our life is like temporal things right this meal that meal this and, and that's the thing fasting it's not just food right you know people are encouraged to give up other things like maybe like for example i I give up youtube i can't tell you how much time i have now because i stop (laughs) i I don't watch youtube videos now so i'm like every time i'm tempted to do it i'm like i I can't do that so i supplement with something else and I'm, i'm reading books now and reading is way more edifying than youtube yeah youtube is like a very passive kind of Honestly, I feel like I lose brain cells. It's just scrolling in these YouTube shorts or whatever. I, Ever since they brought those shorts, it's completely just it's ruined me. <laughs> Jared's been doing the practice for at least a couple years now where he gives up music. Mm. Yeah, last year, last couple times he did it, he was like very adamant about it. He's like, I won't be around it if I can. And now it's like, oh, if I'm, I'm not going to purposely turn on music. And mm-hmm. he's kind of found a bit of a healthier balance to it. Yeah, like he... One of the things that he described to me was that like a sort of a sense of liberation because before there was this feeling like he always, he like needed it. Yeah. But now he can enjoy it without feeling like he needs it, which is, you know, he feels more free and he can actually enjoy it more because it's not like a, I need music. I, I can enjoy it. I can be in the presence of it, but I can live without it. Next year. More in control. Next year, I'll just let you and Jared do this podcast and I'll give up podcasting. (laughs) I'll just stop listening to everything. That's probably, you know, that would be a strange one for me to give up podcasts because I listen to at least a couple hours a day. Mm. But we should probably dive in a little bit just to give people a little bit of an overview to the history of Lent. Um, Mm. Because like we said, it is a practice that emerges in Christianity and it spans from Ash Wednesday for 40 days, well, in most denominations, Mm -hmm. for 40 days. Give or take. Until Easter um, or otherwise Holy Saturday. Yeah, the, well, they have the Holy Triduum, right? Um, which is Good Friday, and then you have... Uh, oh, I forgot. Is it Sa- Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Monday? Uh, no, e- it would be Easter Sunday. Easter um, Sunday. Because it's the three days, right? So, like, yeah. Christ dies on, on Friday, and then he's in the tomb, and then on um, Easter Sunday is the resurrection, Yeah, which is arguably the most important day in Christians. And then Christians. we get Monday off. Yeah, it's an important one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what the secular care, world cares about. It's pretty important for us religious folks too to get a stat day. You know, it's interesting because um, we used to have a lot more stats, like way, way, way more stat days, um, and a lot of them were because of feast days. But actually, what's interesting is that as our culture has become more secular, we have less and less stat days, and people don't like that, and they're realizing that it's not even good for the economy. Because if people are always working, they're never spending money. Yeah. Right? So having a balance. <laughs> have a day even off. Just purely, like, you see, they're always material reasons. They're never spiritual. They're pretty much always material reasons. For my but... American friends, who cares what Columbus did? <laughs> Take the day off. We should have a Hitler. I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine if I said we should have a Hitler day. Well, it would be 420, so I don't think a lot of people would be upset. That's so wild that that became a thing. I don't know. What's the history of that? A 420? Well, like, why they chose Hitler's birth, or is that well, like a coincidence? I think, or was it intentional? It that- was a coincidence. Oh, okay. I think it corresponds with like, oh, we're almost out of work right now. Let's light up, or something. Mm, interesting. 
But uh, yeah, so Christianity, in most denominations, it's the 40 days from Ash Wednesday to Holy Saturday. In the Coptic tradition like mine, it's 55 days. You guys go hardcore. We have uh, stuff on either side of it, really. I have a so, lot of respect for the cops. Yeah. Uh, it's specifically in the last week of the Coptic tradition of doing it. We do uh, the Holy Pascha week, where mm-hmm. we go to church pretty much every night leading mm-hmm. up to that crucifixion. And there's like a series of prayers and in inside the church, they'll turn everything black. Like they'll take down all mm-hmm. of the festive colors and replace them with dark ones. That's such a beautiful devotion. Like that is... You go to church nightly, you sing the same. It's so powerful. Yeah, there's a lot of the cops who will be listening to this will be like, I know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we get, we everybody gets really into it. It gets very somber. It's like if you were going part way through Lent, if you were like trying, you have to really try it out the last one. Well, week. this is, this is, this is what I love about the Eastern Orthodox churches is that they preserve the mystery in many ways so much better than the west in the west it just you know it comes across as sort of like a to-do list like we just gotta check the box off but in the east it's like they relish they're like no no, no we're not gonna check we're gonna and you know they're not trying to check off a tick box because they take as long as they possibly can to do anything <laughs> yeah for like three hours right it's well I never counted them. I don't know if I've even actually stayed for the whole thing before. We try. We show up. We give in a good, a good couple hours yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got work in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I'd actually like to go one night. I really would. You should come this year. I'll yeah, no, no. I was going to say, like, if you are yeah. if you could let me know, I'd definitely like to join for one, for one of those nights. Oh, for sure. In other traditions, in other Christian denominations, from what I'm familiar with, you guys just pick something to give up? Um... I think so. I, I don't are there, know. Are there know. rules for the fasting? I don't know. I can't speak for other Christian traditions. I know for Catholics that there's, it's really weak now. It's like really, really weak. I mean, now it's basically in terms of mandatory, what's obligatory is there's a fast and abstinence. So abstinence meaning no meat and a fast meaning only one meal a day on Ash Wednesday and then Good Friday. And that's literally it. And then there's the general requirement, like a moral, which is a divine, like there's this, there's distinctions here. So there's like a um, eternal divine law, mm-hmm. um, which is basically every baptized person is required to do penance, um, which basically means doing some form of self-denial in some respect throughout the entire year, like all, always. And so Lent is a time where you should do that a little bit more, but it's not specific. The only specific like obligatory requirements would be fasting and abstinence on ash wednesday and good friday and that's it very i mean traditionally it was similar to what you guys had i mean full vegan basically for the entire entirety of lent no form of dairy so no milk no cheese no eggs no meats of any kind there are other fasts where we can kind of go semi-pescatarian and have some fish but in this one it's like you know you go strict Mm-hmm. as strict as you can the other part to it too is that you're encouraged to give up all the vices don't drink yeah, I mean, don't good luck, smoke <laughs> don't do things for entertainment if you are yeah. seeking to consume media let it be Christian yeah so I find like when when you really go hardcore you encounter your weakness in a much more like impactful way like you're like you don't realize just how I'm dependent to, you are to social media yeah. okay stop Stop. See if you can do it for a week. Go a week without opening Instagram. That's a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not addicted to this thing. Okay, don't do it. We need distractions. Like we can't, we can't face reality. Just like we can't just stare at it in its face. We have to find distractions somehow. Either whether it's YouTube, even a book, even if it's a good book, you just something. You need something to it's funny to direct your mind to. Otherwise, I've been helping just... my dad renovate our house for the past little while, and the whole whole time I'm doing it, I have an earbud in. I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to Joe Rogan, I'm listening to like, I don't know, whoever, as I'm going through. I even like put on a Netflix show and I just listen to episodes of a sitcom or something. Got through a lot of Young Sheldon, but... Oh gosh. <laughs> my dad, when he's working, silence. I'm like, oh, that's kind of surprising. That's yeah, boss, dude. I'm, I'm surprised with it. The it's only, actually so boss. The only times I've been kind of forced to, you know, put my mind to is when I go for motorcycle rides in the summer. Because you don't want to put in any earbuds or anything that will distract mm-hmm. you. You just want to focus on the road. It's an interesting, almost... It's funny, that's a meditative experience to me. 
went to a lot of guys before it was just going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Before earbuds, people just lived in the moment. Mm. There wasn't a screen to look at. There wasn't a thing to listen to. Well, that's that's the thing. Like when like so far, it's only been a week, right? Um, yeah, it's been officially a week because it started on Wednesday, last yeah. Wednesday. So it's been officially a week, and I I didn't go that hardcore. I basically because I'm, yeah, I tried to be a little bit more humble in my resolutions here because I was like, okay, has to be challenging, but you don't want to be too challenging to the point where you basically fail, and then you're like, I'm not even gonna bother because that is a temptation that will often happen. So you kind of have to find that happy medium of like, this is difficult. It's gonna be hard to give up, but I can, I think I can do it. Yeah. Um, if you do too many things and I, I, this has happened before to me where it's like you basically just don't do any of it because it's overwhelming you should try the Coptic thing and just go hard the last week build well, up to it you know what I'm, I'm depending on how because yeah. right now so far it's been good so far I haven't like YouTube it's been going decent in terms of fasting from YouTube and a lot of social media but uh, maybe maybe I'll take you up on that maybe last week I'll try to go hardcore and see how I do but it's, it's not so much like being successful in oh I gave up these things and I feel really proud of myself it's more so it's actually a good thing when you encounter your weakness that that's the part that's really gonna humble you not the success not the like oh I, yes I did and I went through all of Lent and I didn't eat you know meat or I did that could potentially actually puff you up and you could start to feel a little bit like proud of like wow look at me I'm I'm so self-disciplined. It's it's sometimes it might be better to uh, uh, to to fail and then be humbled by that failure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's funny. I don't really even go that hard. The Coptic thing. Um, um, uh, you can yeah, call I me know. lackluster I, if you I remember. Want. I don't. I don't know if your parents are listening to this, but you can edit this part out. Hey, but I my parents were eating chocolate today. <laughs> we'll wrap them out first. I, I remember last year. We would meet up at like late at night and you're like, what do you want to do? And you're like, we're going to AW. I need a burger right freaking now. <laughs> <laughs> so give me something now. <laughs> well, it's like I, I discovered with my own dietary habits that like even trying to eat healthier as I am now, going vegan makes me. I can't do it. Mm. I just can't live like that. I'm kind of experiencing it now, actually. So what I do instead is I do intermittent fasting, where I just say, like, I'll eat between four and eight, and that's it. Mm. Which is like a dietary thing some people do, but it's like, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Wake up in the morning and don't have a bagel. It's it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I've been able to pull that off. Even, like, I'll have, like, a coffee or a tea, but I won't put any sugar or any milk in it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty used to drinking black anyway, so okay, it's like, same. Yeah. fine, but... That's that's at least I try to do that. I try to keep up with the spiritual stuff too. Well, oh, that's good. Did yeah. you do? Did you give up anything like media wise? Because you're very active on the medias. Because you kind of have to be. It's like at this point, yeah. Because like I'm listening to podcasts because I'm staying on top of podcasting, mm -hmm. and I at least have to listen to this one. Right. Right. And then music wise, I I don't really do much music anymore. It's not like a vice for me. It never really was. Like I'll pump some tunes every once in a while, but like most of my days listening to podcasts, not listening to music. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. When it comes to TV, like even now is in 2023, I have probably consumed less media, played less video games, looked at less social media than any other time in my life already. And, and how do you feel? Pretty awesome. Yeah, right? right? It's right? odd. I think it partially it has to do because before I was 25, most of that time I was like an Epicurean. And then turning 25, I was like, I'm going to be a Stoic now. So, uh, so for, I, for I, everyone listening, like, describe the differences between the two. The difference is Epicurean was like a, a spinoff of uh, hedonism in Greek philosophy. Because mm -hmm. hedonism was maximize your pleasure. Mm -hmm. Epicurean, Epicurus realized, well, you have to factor in the morning after to the pleasure. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to factor in this, what excess makes you feel like. Mm -hmm. You have to factor the hangover to your overall pleasure. Right. And then it kind of, what it crystallized into was Epicurus coming up with these things like, don't desire too much. Um, be happy being in the moment. Be content with what you have. Mm -hmm. And these kind of things, I, I tried to follow that philosophy a little bit. But it was still a very, you know, small scale contentness. Yeah. Stoicism, on the other hand, is they were seen as the rivals to Epicureans, even though a lot of them shared some similar beliefs and ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it before, like Seneca, a very popular oh, Stoic. Seneca is one of my favorite Stoics. Was one of the teachers to Nero. Mm. 
Um, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not a Alexander the Great was also tutored by Aristotle, and I have nothing against Aristotle. So yeah, Seneca used to quote Epicurus all the time, as a dig. He would be like, "I love quoting bad authors when they say <laughs> good things," but. When I turn 25, I'm like, I kind of want to try meeting some of my own ambitions. There's this story I love, and it kind of illustrates a little bit, like, the change I had between Epicureanism and Stoicism in a little bit of a different manner. Because one day you got Alexander the Great, and he's walking with his homies, and they're in Greece, and they're just, you know, going through the countryside, and they come across this beggar sitting on the side of the road. And Alexander is like, you know what? I'm the most powerful dude in all of Greece. Let me see what this beggar is up to he walks over to him and he says uh my friend i'll grant you anything you want and the beggar diogenes goes that's great step out of my son oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) step out of my son (laughs) and then all the guys who were with alexander started laughing and they were like this guy's nuts he could have asked for anything he could have asked for troves of gold for parts of a kingdom for anything and Alexander hushed them and he says, like, you know what? If I wasn't Alexander, I would be Diogenes. <laughs> it's like this look at, mm-hmm. you know, I have been the richest in the world. I could be the poorest, too. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that, too. I was like, well, what if I reverse the logic a little bit? It's like, I have been Diogenes. Why not be Alexander? <laughs> you know? That was a little bit of my change. Sort of a Wolf of Wall Street moment. Yeah. I've been a rich man and I've been a poor man. And I choose rich every time. <laughs> I'll, cho- I'll choose rich now. Why not? <laughs> seeing if I can make things happen. So I went the way of like, all right, what is every good thing I can do? And I went with that Marcus Aurelius quote, if you know something is not right, don't do it. If you know it's not true, don't say it. Mm-hmm. Easier so said I just than kind done. Of like apply, <laughs> trying to apply that as much as possible. Yeah. Like I know it's a waste of time for me to spend looking at social media when I don't actually ha- actively have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like... It's a challenge when I when one of these podcasts comes out because I have to spend at least 20 minutes posting things. Yeah. You know, and writing the descriptions and all that. At some point in the future, I'll automate it so I don't actually have to go onto the app. Mm-hmm. But it's you got to do engagement. Yeah, yeah. To some degree. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, for example, like, obviously we have uh, the Forest Creek and different, you know, channels and stuff and for important business matters. I, I can't give up Discord. I thought about it, but I was like, no, I can't. I've... You can give up some channels. I could probably give up some. You probably some, got some servers. I got some servers. Yeah, that I are not worth looking at. That's that's actually that's a good point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just find like so often it's like that little dopamine rush that we're looking for when we pick up our phone, right? Um, like often, most most often that's usually YouTube for me. But um, when you don't have that, you just find yourself kind of picking up your phone and like, oh wait, right, there's nothing really for me to see actually. So I'm just like refreshing my email like a hundred times a day because <laughs> it's crazy. You're just, it's your, your brain is so accustomed to that little bit of, it's like a drug. It really is like a cigarette or something. It's just so accustomed to that little, that rush, that, that kind of, that little bit of pleasure that you get. Um, but when you don't have that, you're like, well, you kind of have to recalibrate, let's say. Getting back to the facts, the word Lent comes from the old English word Lenkton, which meant springtime. Mm. Because here in March, springtime is where we actually begin it, mm-hmm. which now in Canada is still snow. Apparently, it's going to be the coldest part of our winter, which has not ended. But spring nonetheless, and that's where the word comes from. I guess it got shortened over time. Period of repentance and spiritual renewal. It was a time where new converts were baptized. Right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And then people started to adopt that tradition of observing those 40 days of fasting at least to a mortal way of doing it because again you would die Mm -hmm. you probably would die yeah and and i think that's um that's a key difference between the kind of modern man compared to previous generations uh that celebrated these traditions because in previous times death was so um day to day and there was like a liturgy of death you know what i mean like you had to personally, like if your father died, most likely you and your family would have to deal with the body directly. Uh, there wasn't like a mortician or somebody you would send the body off to to, do, yeah, to deal with it. Most of our modern funeral practices were popularized during the American Civil War. Interesting. The parlor yeah. at your house used to be the funeral parlor where oh. you would prepare your dead bodies of your family before you buried them. And so, yeah, we don't really, that liturgy of death isn't like we're not as involved in that ritual anymore and so death is 
yeah, death is not as apparent to us as it used to be, um, or at least it's not in your face as much as it was back then. Like back then, it really did, I think, feel like, you know, what was a life expectancy? Maybe if you were lucky, 70. Um, and so given that, you know, time was condensed and... Well, it's funny because when you read the Bible, like the early books of the Bible, mm -hmm. it was like, what, 200? <laughs> and then... Well, we don't know like what the common medieval for a year peasant, is. thirty. <laughs> like it got pretty short pretty quick. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. So when when you don't have that much time, and you know you don't have that much time, and people are coming and going before your eyes all the time, and you you're encountering dead bodies almost daily um, or weekly, I think the spirit of Lent becomes a lot more like supercharged, where you're like I gotta get my act together and I gotta prepare for eternity here um so a question i got from a friend when starting this off and it's funny because my boss came around with a bunch of chocolates and he was offering it to everyone in the office and he came over to me i was like oh i can't and he's like oh why not i was like oh i'm in the middle of lent mm. he's like oh what's that and i kind of explained to him what i'm doing and how people do it and he's like oh uh friend has a thing of that he says he can't eat until midnight i was like oh that's ramadan mm. And then later on, when I was preparing for this podcast, somebody asked me, what is the differences? What are the core differences between Lent and Ramadan? Mm -hmm. Well, the practices are almost entirely different in the rules, um, but there, a lot of the ideas remain very similar, right? It's you're withdrawing from the things, the physical vices, the things mm -hmm. that are yeah. giving you pleasure here in the physical world, or even satisfaction, and then you are going towards the things that are spiritually satisfying. I just listened to an imam on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast. And he was talking about Lent. He was actually like, in the, in the same way you were, it was like, it feels freeing. Mm -hmm. You'd think that, oh, we're sitting in the middle of a really hot day on Texas. We're not having a drink or even a glass of lemonade. And we're waiting for nighttime. Mm -hmm. And then still we feel awesome mm -hmm. because we're kind of free. Well, the the sense of uh, freedom, it's, it's important to understand like what freedom really is. Um, but it's not the ability to just say yes to everything, but it's actually the ability to say no. Um, so when you have certain urges, like an urge for this food or an urge for this pleasure or that pleasure and your ability to say no and not be devastated by that, yeah, that that's freedom. And you feel it too. You're like, you feel more in control. You feel more at peace because you don't have to give in to the ever-changing, always something more you know the lower faculties the passions which are always pointing in different directions right like hey i want this food or hey let's you know get this pleasure um and if you're constantly having to chase those things to satiate those passions then that actually ends up turning more into sort of a slavery right um because your higher faculty like your reason and your mind and the things which are higher like truth beauty and goodness your those are the things which we're ultimately made for at least i would say um and if you're constantly having to ch chase the lower things like food, you know, different types of pleasure constantly, then you, you know, you, you never have the time to, you know, meditate and, and, and think about the things which, which are not passing. Um, yeah, so I know I totally agree. And that's like, it's a very palpable experience when you first do it. Um, I think I tried, and this is even before uh, Christianity, it was more like I was just doing it again because it, it's i think it's something this is a wisdom which is not reserved for religious people 100 percent not it's it's something which anybody with the light of reason can can observe the human person observe just through experience that when they deny themselves there's a sense of reward there's a sense of delight in yeah. being able to say no yeah you know it's interesting uh we mentioned it a couple times before jocko willing ex-navy seal does his own pretty awesome podcast he has this slogan you know, one of his books, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. Mm. That when you have the discipline, and it's not just a thing, because uh, you think about it with time. It's like, oh, I'm not going to waste time watching TV. You know, I have all this freedom because I have, you know, a bunch of time on my hands. The same thing is true when you're not tied down to eating a certain way or being attached to certain vices. You mm -hmm. have a certain degree of freedom because of it. Mm -hmm. So the discipline that Lent encourages and the discipline that Lent like fasting and exercises just disciplinary exercises in general what they end up doing is actually making you more free when you look at people who are trying to keep to like a very strict regimen you're like oh that person's tied down mm -hmm. by a set of rules and what's worse is those rules are imposed by them mm -hmm. but that's discipline 
Right. Right. It's hard to tell one thing from another sometimes, but yeah. Well, the older I get, the more I actually love, you know, not crappy rules, but rules like the like, I think we need order. <laughs> you know, we need some some sort of need to clean your room, some some sort of rule of life. Right. You need to pet cats on the street. And it's crazy. Like your body and your brain absolutely love it. Buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was Jordan Peterson. I mean, Peterson, really, he's not saying anything new. I think he can articulate old ideas in ways which are very, yeah. um, you know. That's like his uh, thing. He's a good teacher. Yeah. Uh, but he's not reinventing the I'd wheel. I'd say he's a specifically good teacher now because he's more sane now. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some, his rough years behind him. Well, I, I, but uh, you put any amount of media on anybody, they're not gonna not gonna be awesome. Didn't work out for Britney Spears. I actually feel like Peterson's kind of gone off the deep end. To be well, completely honest with you, well. I feel like you've gone off the deep end. Uh, maybe you, you've become you've become a little bit radical. You know? Really? I'm kidding. Kind of. In terms of acting in a disciplinary manner, choosing to do something disciplinary to enhance not just your physical, not just your physiology. Right, not just the dieting to lose weight. Because even if you are dieting to lose weight, what is the thing that all the real good trainers tell you? It's mm-hmm. not, it's not. Hey, you got to get rid of that. See that fat on you? You got to get rid of it. Right. It's change your mindset, mm. change your habits, change mm. the way that you look at cake. Well, it's a uh, mind over matter, right? And so the power of the mind, which is going to inform the will, and the will is ultimately that superpower that humans have, right? You really put your will into it and it starts to feel like you can, yeah, you can push boundaries that you didn't think were possible. I think we're a lot more resilient and we're a lot more capable than we give ourselves credit for. Um, You're capable of a lot more and you can go through a lot more than you think, Um, but you just, you have to put your will into it. And so, yeah, I can see like, especially if you're trying to lose it, like a hundred pounds or something crazy uh, weight, like that's going to require, like you're going to be not just physically different by the end of that journey guaranteed mentally you will have transformed right so it's not just yeah. and actually maybe that's the more important thing and i think a lot of people who've lost a crazy amount of weight will attest to that that it's not so much the physical transformation that makes them you know happier or more you know um feel you know again like mentally mentally better but it, i think it's again it's it's the mental aspect of like how their mind has had to change you basically you have to become a different person in some sense um and this is where sometimes there's like that self-hypnosis, which becomes a thing. You almost have to yeah. hypnotize yourself to get through some of these hard... Well, I mean, if you think about hypno- hypnosis, okay. you're just trying to develop a new neural pathway. Because you're always using the same neural pathway to get something done. When you're hypnotizing, mm-hmm. or say, trying to come up with a new mindset, what you're essentially physically trying to do is figure out a new neural pathway in your brain to get the same thing done. hmm Right, you're looking at a piece so it's like of food. like a mind hack. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually, uh, I spoke a little while ago to a guy who was uh, funding research that, mm-hmm. um, uh, I won't talk too much about it because I want him to do it eventually on the podcast, yeah, but yeah. basically it's like a, it's a brain therapy where they put this thing on your brain and basically you watch a computer screen with a cartoon on it and then the color starts fading. If you're using the same loops in your brain that you mm-hmm. always do, mm-hmm. it's going to keep fading. Mm. So it encourages you to think about it in different ways, in more positive ways, in more constructive ways, in order to regain color to the screen. That's so interesting. And by doing this training, you're training yourself wow. to break out of your loops. And that's what they do for like addicts and people with like serious oh, depression okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. To get them out of that cycle of thinking. Breaking out of the cycle. Yeah, I find out uh, what's... Like our brain and the way that we're designed, it's it's like it's so pattern yes. centered. It's so pattern oriented. We love pat like the brain loves patterns. And so like for example, like getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, eating at the same time, like all these that can these consistent patterns your body will just adapt to and it loves it. Like it'll be ready to go, like it'll be ready for these things we're throughout the day. Animals of habit. Your creatures of absolutely. And um, I mean that's how virtues come through habit. Good habits become virtues, bad habits become vices. And so there's that uh, ancient wisdom, which is basically, it all starts in the mind, which is your thoughts. So you have to watch your thoughts because your thoughts become actions and watch your actions because your actions become habits and watch your habits because your habits will become virtues or vices. 
and watch your virtues or vices because that'll form your character and watch your character because your character will forge your destiny. Wow. So, it, you know, it all goes back to that thought. It all goes back to, is this a good decision? Should I do this or should I do that? And so, and that's the thing is sometimes we don't spend enough time to take that short, brief moment of pause and say, is this the person I want to be? Was that, when was, you, was that you who came up with that or you quoting... Chester no, no, I didn't, I didn't quote. I'm not. I, don't, I can't take credit for that. Come this on, is man. ancient wisdom. Oh, it's ancient wisdom. This is like so. Aristotle I talks that. about that. Yeah, probably. That's very true. You know? hey, Aristotle was surprised. What? He, what is the the Catholics call him? The the something pagan. He, they call him the master of all who know. So, for example, in Dante's Inferno, Aristotle's like technically he's in hell because he wasn't a baptized Christian, but like it, it's more so. Dante's Inferno is more so like an understanding of. It's actually really an uh, um. Uh, it is a artistic depiction of Thomism. That's actually the best way I would describe Dante's Inferno. On the topic of mind over matter, mm -hmm. it's ancient, like you say, ancient wisdom. Yeah. Another piece of ancient wisdom that kind of illustrates the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably do another episode about this too. This is a great treasure trove of episodes. Um, magic, ancient hermeticism. Uh, they often you'll see that arcane illustration of the pentagram, the five-pointed star. What does that mean? The stars to the side, the left, right, and the lower ones, those are supposed to be earth, wind, fire, and water. You know, the four Adavatar elements. Mm -hmm. And the one on top is supposed to signify mind. And the reason why you keep it upright is because you have mind over matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you see when uh, people start doing the practice of Satanism? Because what does Satan do? He flips it upside down. Interesting. And he puts matter over mind. Right. So it's a it's an interesting way to look at it. It's like, well, what are you doing that's indulging matter in your life? Mm -hmm. What are your vices? Because those are the things that are indulging matter. Mm -hmm. What are the virtues? Those are the things that indulge your mind. And if you want the balance of the world to be right, if you want the star to remain upright, yeah. you need to do that mind over yeah, matter practice. In today's world, I would definitely argue we are completely inversed. Uh, maybe I think there was a period of time where it was made potentially, arguably, too much mind and not enough matter. They didn't care enough about the material world to the point where it was basically just too much, uh, um, maybe thinking and not enough, maybe acting or, or 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 engaging with 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 the material world. And then now we're I think we're completely like in in the other in the other end of that, which is basically it's it's an obsession over the material things, but not really um, understanding the meaning behind them. Um, and so. Aristotle talks about form and matter and it's form in matter. So form being immaterial and matter being material like the, so our senses are like our you know our five senses picks up the matter but our intellect our mind picks up the form and the form is sort of the idea of the thing the meaning of the thing. And so I feel as though in this time that we're living in we're basically it's so much pleasure because it's so accessible and our senses are so overloaded, we're so overstimulated because of, you know, media, you know, I mean, even with DoorDash and Uber Eats, like you can get excellent food brought right to your door yeah. in like a second. It's like you, I mean, we live like kings, um, even like kings, you know, hundreds of years ago couldn't have, didn't live as well as like the, a lot of the average person uh, in, in the West today. Yes. And so that overstimulation, I think, is causing us to lose contact with the form. It's of the so thing. easy to go matter over mind nowadays. Yeah. But I have a solution. I mean, you can shut it off, right? I have I have a solution. This is a very easy way. And the solution stars Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> the Hello app. Oh, man, I've been seeing ads for that everywhere. We should we should promote it because I, I, I have it. It's a good app. I don't, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, um, I can't remember how much it costs. It doesn't cost that much. It's cheaper than Netflix, I think. You have to pay for spirituality? No, so there's a okay. free version. Yeah. There's a free version. Um, but does Mark read to you in the free version? I think he has some. He has oh, some okay. available. But the, the paid version has a lot more uh, options available, way more things on it. And uh, in the paid version, they have like Lenten challenges, daily prayers, meditations, um, scripture readings, uh, music, different types of music, study music, Gregorian chant, um, you know, oh, you name it. They pretty much and they, they keep adding more. Is it like, a Catholic specific app? Uh it's the number one Catholic prayer app, but I think it's actually now the number one prayer app just in general. Interesting. Um, it's going to be most useful to Catholics because there's a lot of very Catholic prayers there, but there's going to be things for, I think, maybe potentially everybody, um, especially with some of the music, like 
Gregorian chant in particular has been proven to be incredibly healthy for the mind. So they like they've I'll, done I'll vibe Gregorian chants. That's why I always <laughs> pick the lo-fi for these episodes. Always has Gregorian chants yeah, in it. I yeah. love it. It's it's because uh, and actually what's interesting. Um, there's a good conference on the human soul by a bishop. Um, I recommend it. But basically he goes into the human soul, which is very very much Aristotle's understanding of the human soul. And then he also talks about how music affects the different faculties of the human soul. For example, music with a lot of drums tends to affect the lower appetites. Yeah. So for for and we know this like throughout history when they're about to yeah. go to war, what do they have? They have a lot of drums because it oh. excites those irascible passions of fight. It puts fight, you on a beat, fighting, you know. But and your heart beats, so you feel like you're on a rhythm. Yeah, and so the the flesh, it's more body. Mm. But then there's other music like classical and Gregorian chant, which appeals more to the mind, and so that kind of lifts like, the mind up. It, it's not as necessarily pleasurable to the senses, some but it's more pleasurable melody, to the some chorus, some yeah. chords. These these things are more ethereal. Yeah, exactly. There's more melody and harmony being the two that would typically, yeah. generally, are more associated with like mind. Interesting. But then uh, things with like a lot of bass. You know, a lot of and you know the like best drums. music. We consider some of the best music does a lot of both. Yeah, that's and that's that's really interesting is seeing how some songs seem to have both. It's funny. Yeah. I think about like my favorite guitarist, Jimi Hendrix. You listen to his lead guitar. He is making the guitar sing and speak to you. But then there's also a long a lot of portions of those songs where he's just going all pure rhythm on it. Mm. So it's like the mix of both heighten the music quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's true of a lot of music too. Yeah, but uh, speaking of bishops, Bishop Robert Barron endorsed Hallowap. Apparently, I've been seeing him in the ads now too. It's like him and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> They've teamed up. They've teamed the, up. The media Catholic influencer duo there. <laughs> are, you, are you a fan um, of Bishop Barron? Yeah, I, I like his stuff. I watched a lot of it in the beginning. I don't really watch his stuff as much anymore. Um, I don't want to say like I grew out of Is him. Is he like just... one of those entry? point influencers <laughs> that gets people back into catholicism so there's like um you know that uh that image of the iceberg where you have like that little part that's like above the surface yeah. and you have this like this deep 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 portion <laughs> mission Baron is like closer to the top that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah yeah and you go really really deep and eventually you're instead of a condescension. yeah he shows up on all the podcasts all that stuff i feel like there's quite a few priests that do that like i, I saw a monk who has a youtube channel it's mm-hmm. like a really well-produced youtube channel and mm-hmm. he's he's like taught given this whole he did an entire video where he yeah. was like, yeah, I don't own any of this. This is all stuff that was paid for by the yeah. church. I just work on it. I just do this stuff. Yeah, like I think there's a lot of good content um, online, like good thinkers. Um, Jonathan Pajot is a good one. He, I think he's he's got the Symbolic World podcast. I like listening to that. But I find these days I'm more drawn into reading like good books, particularly right now I'm actually really into literature because reading like nonfiction is, is good. And think in terms of understanding things maybe abstractly or like concrete facts but there's something about literature where you see these ideas play out in a story well that's great that i lent you like com- a million books so. yeah i mean i'm i'm watchman i'll probably finish watchman this line i'm not on youtube that's so a I'm, great I, piece of literature I, it is by it the way really i is. love alan moore speaking of magic and ancient hermetics yeah. alan moore is a wizard he like an actual wizard a literal wizard there's other very popular disciplinary challenges that people do uh, and I'm speaking strictly about secular ones now. Mm. So a lot of people do dry January, for instance. Oh, like no alcohol? I imagine that's the thing that a lot of people love to commit to after New Year's. They're like, I'm never doing this again, or at <laughs> least for another 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do dry January. Um, sober October has been a thing. A lot of people start it. Like, it was started a long time ago, but it was adopted by Joe Rogan, and now it is done year like. I think a lot of people are encouraged to do that because they're listening to a major celebrity on a podcast talk about it, and he's doing it. And he changes it up every once in a while. Like, they do no alcohol, but then they throw in other things. No drugs, no, uh, you know, you have to work out. You have to meet a certain workout challenge, or you have to meet a certain, like, goal with an activity or something. Mm -hmm. And they went really hard a few times. They did, uh, apparently Joe did the carnivore diet for the entirety of one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, Yeah, he seemed, I think he said he was, it was quite good. Like you felt pretty good on it. Yeah. yeah. It's probably pretty amazing. Like when you get to that level of dietary fasting and just extreme exercise, you're probably like awakening something really deep inside your brain. Yeah. From all of that. I, I, I did try carnivore uh, for a little bit. I, I didn't feel great on it, to be perfectly honest. 
Um, I think for me it was like the heart palpitations. It's funny. Just, it's so much protein. I've never been a big meat eater. I love meat, like I like it, but like in my dish, typically maybe a third of it's gonna be meat, and the rest of it's gonna be like maybe veggies or carbs or fat or whatever. But like to have your entire meal be just like heavy, heavy protein, it's like you eat that once and then you're hungry later. You eat it, or maybe I'm not eating enough, but even like in that one sitting, it's like my heart is like, even when I went to bed, it's like pounding. I'm getting like heart palpitations. It's, it's too much protein. 2020, the, the summer of 2020, the Lent of 2020 is when I started the keto diet. How, how long did you do it for? I probably did keto for like two and a half months. Okay. That's, that's I lost like 30 solid. pounds. Mm. I loved it by the way. Like I had, there was, it was definitely hard sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. Cause like I would walk by a Kit Kat bar and like literally feel it in my mouth. Mm. But, and like, just, it's weird. The smells of everything become did, way more. Did you notice your teeth got whiter? Yes. Like I noticed that when I, yeah. I did keto for about three months and yeah, like my teeth, they were like, they've never been whiter because there's no sugar. I'm just, when you have zero it, like, sugar, it's like your teeth just start. And it would be hard for most of the day, but then you'd come down, you'd grill a steak and you'd be like, oh, this is all worth it. Mm. I used to do like uh, cheese boats. I would fill a cottage cheese into like bell peppers and stuff. I loved it. I was, I was having a great time on keto. But it, that same thing happened where I was focused on doing it to lose weight. Right. I wasn't doing it to change my habits. Right. And I practically went right back to what I was doing before. And lo mm. and behold, during 2022, like I was slowly gaining it back, gaining back that weight. And I thought I'd gotten to like a healthy spot. And then 2022 came along and I just mm. like I gained it back more than I was before I did keto. Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing it like when I'm fasting, when I'm doing intermittent fasting, when I'm avoiding unhealthy food, it's not like a, a very hard restrictive diet. And at the same time, it's also not a thing that I'm doing purely for physical. I'm doing it like I'm trying to train myself to make healthier decisions in general, work out more, spend less time on social media. So it's like a partial spiritual, partial mm-hmm. material thing, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm finding this is a lot healthier. It's fuller. Yeah. It's fuller. You're not you just focusing to... on one part of yourself it's like the whole person because you're one thing right you're not... if you are fighting to become more disciplined it is a war that you have to fight on multiple fronts mm. it's not just the one front of i'm just gonna do this one thing but speaking of a, co- a thing where you might do the one the one thing um and this is the part where the christians might want to skip ahead uh, another very popular abstinence challenge happens every november and it doesn't have anything to do with your mustache <laughs> new fap november which is uh, listen man that's not a i don't think the christians thing. i i i i, I it, can't speak for all christians but i don't think the christians they are just don't want to hear about masturbation at all well i mean <laughs> the, let's be honest the vast majority of christians are they're human right oh no they're all human and uh they they, they struggle with the same temptations and they struggle with the same vices it's one of the biggest as, addictions as most known people so in, like very prominent to men and a lot of men will be like oh i'm not addicted stop don't do it then see if you could stop well, yeah, that's the thing. It, it's um, it's probably the most common addiction, and it's like a severe addiction. And like all the all the neurological studies, all the studies that are out there prove that it is. It literally, it actually, it's not the um, the part of the brain that's like stimulated by sex that's that it affects, particularly masturbation, pornography. It's the the same part that heroin and cocaine affects. It's it's the addictive. <laughs> it's the yeah. It's the addictive yeah. part of the brain that's activated with with uh, with masturbation pornography but so. like you read the articles the a lot majority of mainstream scientific articles will put out and be like oh there's no negative effects it's healthy to do oh, it every once in a while it's unhealthy pure, to pure upstate you know that's what pure. they'll say a lot of yeah. the time um and maybe hey maybe there's some merit to like physiological but like neurological like mm-hmm. we're saying there's a serious addiction that goes on yeah oh like that's that's proven that's definitely proven and um you know what's interesting is that a lot of people are waking up to this on their own they're like wait a minute i've been sold a bag of flies this is ruining my life i was listening to the rapper logic on a different podcast and he was explaining hey i don't do this anymore Mm. it used to be a problem and i feel like it ruined me a little Mm. bit everybody's starting to wake up well even um billy eilish she said how she talked about how like porn completely destroyed her mind well i imagine most of her music is a destroyed mind (laughs) hey it's good it's good music. I'm like not, I said, actually... her brother can produce the heck out of that stuff. But <laughs> I mean, it, the, this is the thing, right? So, like, when we're talking about this this passion of, of 
of lust, right? This disordered appetite towards yeah. sex. Getting that under control is important to actually being happy. It really is. And being yeah. properly free. Um, and it's certainly one of the hardest. It is one of the hardest because it's such... A, and it's not... The thing is, like, that appetite, it's not an evil appetite. It's like, it's all animals have it. It's just It's easier. a desire to procreate. It's not an evil thing, right? And hedonism is easier now than it ever was before. Mm. All the excess in the yeah, world that's, that's is at so your fingertips. True. Yeah. You have a few bucks, you can get more sugar than any of your ancestors yeah. have ever dreamed of. Apparently now, it's like, when you're like eight years old, you have access to a phone with like high-speed internet. It's, it's like, insane. are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, it's just... Insane. I mean, at, at that point, it's like, how, it's like, how, how are they supposed to not some, fall into fall into these into these um certain states in the US patterns. and I think more places should start looking into this. Certain states have started looking into requiring ID to view pornography on websites or anywhere else. Because I mean already in a gas station if you're gonna go buy a magazine from any of those places, you're gonna mm -hmm. the guy's gonna ask you, Are you eighteen? Show me ID, all this stuff. It's like yeah. you're buying cigarettes. The online version you don't need anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why part of the reason why it's so prevalent. Mm -hmm. So some places have started to introduce legislation yeah. to block off the stuff. Well, it's uh, it's interesting because this is actually a huge problem in the military uh, pornography because it's making the soldiers. It weakens you mentally. It weakens your will. I think anybody who's actually in that addictive pattern, if they're being honest, um, especially like like you know look at, like be honest with yourself. It's true. It weakens the will. It it doesn't. It's not fulfilling. You're not proud of yourself when and you do it. And if you're not being honest, prove it. <laughs> Yeah, Stop. exactly. Quit, quit. There's uh, like but... an episode of Seinfeld about that. It's hilarious. <laughs> they do it. Like, it's like, oh, we'll just do word of honor the bet. Like a minute yeah. later, Kramer comes in the door, slams down his money on the table. It's like, yeah, no, it's hard for people to do this. It's a vice everybody has. You want to prove you're not addicted? Stop. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a powerful vice because it it darkens the mind because it's it's like because the thing is that appetite is so strong. And it's not an evil appetite in of itself. It's just when it's disordered, and you completely lose control of it, it will it will blind you. Um, and so, for example, actually in World War II, they would dump <laughs> they would dump like loads of basically porn, like naked woman pamphlets. Who was doing that? Uh, the Nazis. They would dump really? that over. Yeah, in, in like times like they would literally on planes they would just dump that uh, these pamphlets. They would you know, fly through. Actually, you saw it in uh, Dunkirk, I think. Oh there's a scene where like he's like he sees all these random pamphlets everywhere and he picks it up and it's like yeah it's basically pornography um and this was used because they they understood the germans knew that it would distract them darken their mind herman Goring's weaken their favorite will, department and then and then they would be easier to conquer yeah and so that's the thing it's like if if men and not just men but women as well but particularly the, the men who are fighting the war if they're not chased their will is not going to be as strong their self-discipline won't be as strong, and they're going to be weaker soldiers. I'm still working on the Green Knight podcast that we did, and that was like a big part of that original story. It's the chastity. Chastity. Yeah. And Gowan's chastity. Yeah. It's it's funny, because like nowadays, we're like, there's like a big stigma, oh, you're still a virgin and all this stuff. Yeah. And you're almost, there's like a, a shame around not delving into the rest of what society has offered. Stephen Fry, uh, famous atheist, by the way. Mm -hmm. does uh, a wonderful podcast series about the seven deadly sins. And mm -hmm. he goes over each of them and talks a little bit about them and how we can see them prevalent in our modern society. Mm -hmm. And those seven deadly sins are a great way for you to like, okay, what are the things I do and which of them indulge these things? Where am I spending too much time in the comments section indulging my wrath? Mm -hmm. Where is my sloth? Where mm -hmm. is my gluttony? Where is my vanity? Well, the, yeah, the biggest one being pride, right? That's the Yeah, well, it's pride that'll keep you blind to all the others. Yeah. I don't have an addiction. You sure? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we touched on everything. Um, download how... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is follow us at The Forest Creek on Instagram, on Spotify, on YouTube.com slash at the real Forest Creek. We're on other social media and podcasting platforms, specifically the forestcreek.substack.com. Our website is coming soon. Very soon. Very soon. Our right. well, the Forest Creek Media Productions will soon be open for business where you can get in touch with us to talk to us about making your dreams come true. 
you know, you need somebody to produce media. You need somebody to create these quality content and marketing assets for you. And you can get in touch with us to do that at theforestcreek at gmail.com. You can also email us for other things. Let us know what you think about this podcast and let us know what you think about our other podcasts. And what do you want us to talk about next? Mm-hmm. To explore next, we're happy to get in touch with you. Just shoot us an email, drop us a comment, hit the like while you're at it, and share it with your friends. We got a lot of fun things coming. We talked a lot about stoicism. We talked a lot about discipline. We talked a lot about Japanese culture. Everything. I love everything. I love all philosophy and history. I want to learn everything mm. about it. I want. To, I want the meaning of. I'm trying to get the meaning of life here. Yeah, true. Any avenue that you can that the destiny point us towards to explore it, we will do that. So just hit us up at the Forest Creek everywhere you can find us happy lent everybody happy lent download no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs>